The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Jay Rowland is an up-and-coming author in the dark epic fantasy genre with the recent release of his first novel, Shadow of the Soul Blade, and we've had him on a couple times before, and he's back with us. How are you today? Good, Toby. How about yourself? I'm excellent, thank you. So just for those that have missed the last times or just forgot about them, give us a brief reminder of what the book's all about. Yeah, so uh, Shadow of the Soul Blade is the first of the Dark Throne Chronicle series, and it's set against the backdrop of a brand new world called Ashana. And so this is a completely new world. It's it's unlike anything anybody's ever seen in the sense that, you know, uh, I, I've moved away from the typical uh, cultural selections of like elves and dwarves and gnomes and, and hobbits and all of that. I've moved away from all of that uh, to create an entirely new world with whole new civilizations and continents. And uh, it's extremely, you know, vast expanse with new creatures and monsters and, and perils for people to encounter. And it's described as a dark epic fantasy genre. Obviously, we know what fantasy is, but what does that dark and epic part actually mean? So the epic part means that this is a high fantasy adventure. This is this is people questing uh, to overcome the the peril of the whole you know planet and and the lives of, of all of the the inhabitants of that planet. Uh, but the dark part uh, really comes stems from the fact that uh, it's very gritty when it gets to combat, when it gets to the interactions between the characters. Um, unlike uh, some other authors who who you know I, I praise them for what they've done. Uh, I don't try to rely in this book. I, I try to get away from all of the the sex and the swearing. I don't really need that. To to make you know what I consider to be a, an adult or a dark epic fantasy. Um, this has a very dark overtones, especially when it comes to the visceral descriptions of combat and and the uh, the nuances of the interactions between uh, the characters and their relationships. Yeah, and this book has been out for nearly a couple months now. So how does it feel to actually see your work out there in the world? It's pretty amazing, uh, and the reviews continue to come in. It's currently rating four point eight on Amazon and five point. Wow. No one. It was 5.0 last I checked on Goodreads. Uh, and 5.0 on NetGalley as well. So it's getting really, really great reviews uh, across the board. And I think last time we spoke, you said you didn't have any reviews or it might have been only like one or two. So is it a bit of a relief that the reviews are starting to come through? It is. It really, really is. And, and Amazon, you know, uh, bless them. You know, they've they've made it so easy for people to put out, uh, you know, products and projects and books uh, with their print-on-demand systems. Um, but one of the things that they do is they make sure that all of the reviews are very authentic 
authentic. So like, for example, uh, if my mom went to go give a review on my book, they would know that, you know, because they would, they can see those relationships through the metadata and they would scrub that review. You know, if, if my uh, wife went to go give a review, then they would, they would know that and they would scrub that review. If my friends go give a review, they would check the metadata against our Amazon or our our Facebook friendships and things. And they'll go scrub those reviews to make sure that when, when, when Johnny reader comes to the, you know, uh, Amazon comes to Amazon and says, Hey, I'm looking for a good dark epic fantasy. And he looks at my book, they want him or, 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 you know, anybody who would, who would wander upon my book in the Amazon uh, ecosystem to really be able to get us an honest sense of what's in that book based on real reviews. So they're really, really particular about that. Yeah. That's actually quite surprising that they go that deep. Cause to be honest, I just thought if you've bought the book, you can leave a review. If you haven't bought it, you can't, but I suppose it's interesting that, you know, they actually make them really verifiable reviews. Yes. Yeah. And for those reviews that maybe weren't five stars, I don't know if you've got any negative ones, but maybe some that aren't the maximum rating. Have you taken on the perhaps advice they might have given you? So with some of it, right, you just have to understand that some books aren't for some readers, right? So I don't take it personally. You know, really for me, it's all about uh, making sure that my my marketing strategies really target the right readers that are that are the people who are right for this book. Um, I do have I have a four so I have a three star uh, rating and somebody somebody gave, went and gave me three stars, but they didn't leave any review to critique or anything. You know, to say how I could you know have better satisfied what they were looking. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a four star review, and even my four star review, uh, the uh, the guy said that uh, you know it was not the best fantasy book that he's read, but then he said it's well ahead of the pack as far as you know what he's read in the past year. Mm. He said for, for his perspective, it could have used another round of editing, and I do have another editor you know going back and kind of giving a proofread over it. But even she <clears throat> said that she doesn't see where any you know editing improvements could be done. So so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, how good the author is, how popular the author is, the best best authors out there, Terry Goodkind, uh, uh, Pierce, um, I think it's Pierce Brown, uh, Brendan Sanderson, Jim Butcher, they all have uh, people giving them two and three star reviews. And in my opinion, right, those are kind of like the, the, you know, your battle scars, right? Yeah. Like those show that you have real people coming in if somebody wants to come in and give me a one star review, you know, I don't want them to have a bad experience. But if somebody honestly has a one star experience, I want them to give me a one star review because I would rather have those honest, that honest feedback uh, in in the face of this whole release process. Three stars is still a positive review, isn't it? It's 60 percent. I agree. Uh, Three stars. I apologize. I had to change my perspective. My camera's about to die. Um, So three three stars is still technically a positive review. It's not, you know, I don't have any one or two star reviews yet. I'm sure they're coming because I'm sure that my book is going to get in the hands of somebody who, you know, they they didn't like something about the character interaction or they thought the plot development could have gone a different direction or maybe I killed a character they liked. You know, it, it could be any number of reasons. In a way, do you find that the fact that not all reviews are five stars maybe makes it look a bit more authentic like maybe if you saw a book and all the reviews were five stars you'd maybe think maybe they're all bought and fake so it makes it real yes 
Yeah, that's and that's why I say they're like the battle scars, you know, because yeah. human beings, it's really interesting. We're not we're not drawn to and we're not attracted to perfection. Uh, we are attracted to symmetry, right? But everybody, you know, beauty, in my opinion, it, you know, is oftentimes defined by the whole picture, both the symmetry and the little imperfections that occur. That's why something that looks too perfect, uh, you know, you just you're not necessarily drawn to. Right. And yeah. so I agree. Right. If I had a thousand reviews and every single one was five stars, people would, would start to, you know, I, I would question it. I'd be like, how is this happening? Yes. My own stuff, I, would, I would question it. So, so having those, you know, three and four star reviews and eventually the two star and one star reviews that are going to come in um, again, it, it really just uh, adds to the whole picture, you know, and, and you can go see what another reviewer has, has reviewed. Right. So if somebody didn't like my book and somebody goes, Oh, well, you know, they gave them a bad review and a bad rating. What else have they rated? Oh, they rated this other book that I really loved a one star. Right. Yeah. If, if, if they rated my book a one star and another book that you really loved a one star, maybe that one star, you know, maybe you're like, oh, well, then I'll go give his book a try because they didn't like the other stuff I liked, you know? Yeah, that's true. So it, it kind of work in reverse as well. It's just as <laughs> yeah. long as it's authentic. Because again, right? What if somebody goes in and sees a five star rating from a reviewer and they go check what else they've reviewed and they're like, oh. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I, I hate everything that this guy has given five stars to. Yes. <laughs> no, then, then I might not like this book too. So all I, all I ask as far as reviews is honesty. Yeah, it's all about perspective and relative, isn't it? It's all relative and based yeah. on perspective, 100%. Do you enjoy reading the reviews and seeing what people are actually saying about the book and the reaction generally? I love it. You know, the whole point of, you know, because this story has been brewing in my head for, you know, between five and 20 years, depending on which parts of it I, I talk about. Um, so really, when I see other people giving me reviews and, and having read it and having gone on this adventure, uh, I know that I brought another person into this brand new fantasy world and, and that they had a, a great experience, you know, coming out of it. Well, the big question is, 
what projects are you working on at the moment? So uh, I'm continuing to to outline the plot structures for uh, for the next books. Uh, the overall plot structures are in place, but I'm I'm, I'm weaving some things together for that. But uh, at, at the advice of some other author friends, I've also diversified out into another uh, genre structure, right? Into another kind of genre segment. And so I'm uh, I'm working on a book that's actually going to be what I refer to as a raw project, right? It's going to be uh, uh, read as written. Okay, R-A-W. And so what I'm doing is the book is called Ethereum, or the, the book is called The Rise of the Nephilim, and the series is going to be called Ethereum. And so it's based on the premise that an interstellar object entered our solar system and crashed into the sun. And, you know, NASA and everybody else is watching and they saw it happen and they thought, okay, no big deal. You know, when it, when it happened, there was no event, so they thought, no big deal. Uh, then within 24 hours, uh, solar flares and, and, and coronal mass ejections start happening, and then it, it radiates, it puts out what what's referred to as ethereum radiation to the earth because the the object was referred to as they had to make up a new element because they couldn't determine what it was made of it wasn't made of any element on the on the periodic table that exists so they had to call it the ethereum asteroid so when the ethereum asteroid crashed in it created uh, uh ethereum radiation that that both knocked out all technology on earth and uh created or, or caused mutations in a percentage of the earth to give people like superhero superpowers and so a small segment of those individuals go mad and, and, and become supervillains. And then another small segment, you know, kind of ascend and become superheroes. And so now you have a world, it's a post-apocalyptic Earth with no technology, right? And you have some people that can shoot lasers out of their eyes, they can fly, they can become invisible, they can run at super speed. So all of your typical superhero stuff in a post-apocalyptic Earth with no technology. And I thought those two things colliding together uh, would make for a very interesting story. And so, so that's what I've done. Yeah, that sounds quite fascinating. Without giving too much away, obviously, because we want people to actually read it when it comes out, what's the world like after this? I mean, is it completely ruined or is it perhaps changed for the better in some way? The story starts 10 years after the A2 event, or the A2 event starts stands for the uh, Ethereum asteroid event. And so uh, 10 years after that, you know, people have gotten, you know, uh, old school uh, coal locomotions back online. You know, they've had to revert back to old school, uh, you know, uh, radio technology and telegraphs. Yeah. Um, they've kind of been able to piggyback on some of the technology that existed, but a lot of the stuff is really just, you know, useless. Cell phones are useless. Televisions are useless. Uh, all of that is really all gone. Uh, and so uh, there's an in there's a couple of interesting ways that people are going to use their, their, their powers to kind of um, replace the technology in a way, you know, in certain aspects. Um, but this story follows uh, an individual named uh, Donovan Santiago, and he is a member of an organization called the Orion Collective, and they are uh, uh, an organization of what's referred to as the Nephilim, because the superheroes become the Nephilim, and the supervillains become the daemons. And uh, their job is to uh, try to protect those people who remained normal through the Ethereum event um, from the daemons. And so they become aware of when the daemons start, you know, going and, and causing trouble, and then they go interact. But the whole world, uh, the world as a whole, right, it's going to be a lot spicier, as they say, of a story. So there yes. is 
sex, there is swearing, there is, you know, um, I'll, you know, and the violence is going to stay ramped up as, as much as it was from the uh, Dark Throne Chronicle series. Uh, but I'm going to add these other elements into my storytelling. And, um, you know, hopefully that both makes me a more well-rounded storyteller and uh, allowed to uh, access another, uh, you know, kind of demographic of people who would be interested in hearing the stories that I'm telling. And you mentioned the book is raw, as in read as written. What does yes. that actually mean? So what that means is I'm going to write it and then I'm going to go through a couple of rewrites for each chapter. And then once a chapter is uh, pretty much done, I'm going to go through, I'm going to have my robo editors, my, uh, you know, pro writing uh, aid and, and auto crit. I'm going to run it through those and then I'm going to post it on the website. If you go to jroland.com forward slash books, you can see the uh, rise of the Nephilim right there and you can read it right on the website every time I release it. I'm just releasing it literally for free. Anybody can go read it for free on my website. Wow. What's the reasoning behind doing that? I thought it would be an interesting way to both share my stories and get traffic and possibly generate uh, uh, kind of cross-vertical uh, cross interest in, in the Dark Throne Chronicles as well, uh, as well as just kind of, you know, share my stories. If I look at other successful authors, um, you know, like, uh, uh, his name's not coming to me, I apologize. The guy who wrote The Martian, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, with the movie with Matt Damon that was originally a book. That was originally a self-published book that was actually available for free for a number of years online. And Andy Weir. Uh, Andy Weir, yeah, he's an amazing author. Um, so uh, Andy Weir, you know, he wrote that for, for free and just put it online. Wow. And it was available for people to read for free. Uh, and again, that's another way that an author like myself, as a new author, uh, can kind of share my my storytelling talents, um, you know, for the pure joy of, of just sharing my stories and my ideas. And do you do it for the joy? I mean, obviously, it's nice to get the sales and stuff on Amazon. But if you didn't get any of that... Do you think you'd still be doing it? Even if I didn't get any sales, I would still be writing because I'm a storyteller, you know, by nature. I've been playing, you know, role-playing games and storytelling, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and Vampire the Apocalypse and Vampire the Masquerade and Werewolf the Apocalypse and, uh, you know, Shadowrun, um, you know, uh, any number of Palladium uh, books, games. So it's, I, I just love to, to tell stories and bring people into new fantasy worlds and give them adventures to go on. And, and being an author is the way that I can do that for the most people at once. Well, before that comes out, your book Shadow of the Soul Blade is already out at the moment. So where yeah. are all the places that we're able to get that? Yeah, so uh, you can go find it on my website at www.jroland.net and then if you go to the books section, it will take you to a link and there's a number of links to, to purchase it throughout there. Uh, you can get a signed copy directly from me and I'll do a signed autograph thank you or you can get a, uh, a copy, it'll direct you to the Amazon link or you can go directly to uh, Amazon and pick that up. I'm still working on uh, uh, getting my distribution through through Barnes & Noble and some other distributors right now. There's a, still a technical glitch with that, mm. but you can currently still get it on Amazon and you can get it on uh, from my website. Excellent. Well, many thanks for talking to us today. It's been great having you here again. Thanks, Toby. It's been a pleasure. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The throbbing pulse of sound, the Toby Gribbon Show.